Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Human Above podcast, an inclusive space where we talk about LGBTQ relationships, sex, love, and mental health, but always focus on the fact that we're human above it all. I am your host, Alicia Lin, and I'm very happy to have you here with me today. Today, I want to talk about managing your expectations of other people and why exactly it's necessary to do so. This is something that I think is important for everybody. It doesn't really matter what your orientation is, what group you're affiliated with, what religion you come from or believe in. This is something that we need to learn as a species. We need to learn how to manage our expectations of other people. Because when we don't manage those expectations, we are not only setting the other person up to fail, We're setting ourselves up to be disappointed. And if y'all know me, (laughs) I am all about feeling happy and fulfilled in my life. I don't like to feel disappointed. I don't like to feel unhappy or like I'm not enough. Nobody likes to feel like that. That's what you do to people when you set expectations upon them. Before we dive into this, I want to tell you that there is a difference between having standards of treatment and having expectations of how other people should react. Having standards of treatment is like having previously agreed upon boundaries, such as in a professional workplace. You know that there are ways that you should and should not be acting while you're in this workplace, right? You don't go into work and start telling dirty jokes and slapping people on the ass like it's the 1950s, okay? We know that that's not acceptable anymore. You typically have to sign something saying that you agree to act a certain way before they even let you start doing the job, right? And if they're a good company, they also provide you training on how to act and what not to do, right? Sexual harassment, EEOC compliance, things like that. So that's just an example of standards of treatment in the workplace. An example for a romantic relationship, you know, it's it's kind of a clear well-understood boundary that shouldn't really have to be said that, you know, it's not okay to be physically violent towards your partner in your romantic relationship. We have standards of treatment in society even, okay? You know, based on where you live, even down to the city and the people who are in it, you know, just by being there, what is and is not acceptable while you're outside. You know that there are certain ways that you are and are not supposed to behave when you're out in public, okay? We all know this. These these are standards of treatment. These are things that you really shouldn't have to say. (laughs) I mean, sometimes you have to say, hey, you know, don't put your hands on me, okay? Because, yeah, people do screw up sometimes, but these are things that you shouldn't really have to say. Like these are previously agreed upon things that you shouldn't have to explain. That's an example of a standard of treatment. All right. Whereas having an expectation of somebody is when you believe that something is going to happen in the future and you have a really, really strong assumption of how you want it to go. So you're basically making up a futuristic outcome that you have a direct hand in. So, for example, uh, let's just say that you are planning a romantic evening for you and your partner, all right? You take the day off work, you clean the house, 
You find some delicious recipes on Pinterest or Google or whatever you call your mama. Made the biscuits from scratch. God, you even went the extra mile and you got some chocolate-covered strawberries and rose petals. And you set this whole thing up because you just know that they're going to love it. This is exactly what they're going to need after a long day's work. So your partner gets home and you're pretty shocked whenever their reaction is the exact opposite. They come home and they say, I'm tired. I'm literally exhausted. My day has been horrible. Two people got fired. I'm over it. All I want to do is take a shower, have a snack and lay down. I just want to zone out and be brain dead. Okay. So this, you know, 99% of the time, this might cause you to get a little upset. All right. You're going to be in your feelings because you had an expectation of how this night was going to go, right? You put an expectation on your partner that not only are they going to want this, but they're going to feel grateful. They're going to appreciate you more. They're going to realize what a wonderful partner you are. And they're really going to be happy with the fact that you went above and beyond and you did this for them. You made them dinner. You cleaned the house. You set this up. They are going to love this. And they come home and no, they don't love it at all. To them, maybe this looks like extra work. Maybe you never realize that whenever you do things like this, you leave a dirty ass kitchen behind and your partner ends up having to clean it up. Maybe you didn't realize that they were having such a horrible day at work, but you put these expectations on them, expecting them to behave a certain way. And when they didn't, it caused you to be upset. Now you've got two upset people and a house full of just drama. Nobody wants that, okay? Nobody wants to come home to that. Nobody wants to create that. That whole situation could have been avoided with a little bit of extra communication, right? So if partner number one, which is you in this example, would have called partner number two ahead of time and tried to feel out the situation, try to feel out how are they feeling today? How's their work day going? Maybe say, hey, you know, I kind of want to plan something really nice and romantic for just the two of us after work. How does that sound? Do you have anything specific that you'd want? No, you know, you just went ahead and did it and expected them to want the surprise. You expected them to be able to enjoy it, you know, not even thinking about the external factors here, AKA that person's job and the crappy shit that happens at work. Usually you just kind of expected them to be open to having this. You expected them to want the dinner. You expected them to behave a certain way when they got home and realized the surprise. And let's be fair. You probably expected something afterwards. And whenever you've had a really long day at work, that's like the last thing you want to do. Sometimes a romantic dinner after a really long, crappy day at work can still feel like work. That doesn't necessarily feel relaxing to everybody because, man, you, you just had a really long day and you have to come home and you still got to put on this whole romantic song and dance and we have to have sex. I don't want to do this. I'm tired. <laughs> I want to watch TV and be brain dead, you know? But because of the expectations that were placed on this situation and not previously communicated, now you got two upset people, right? So what does this show us? Well, first of all, this shows us that having expectations of other people is the number one way to set yourself up to be disappointed. 
People are not mind readers, and we have to stop expecting them to be mind readers. People are not going to be able to look at you and tell what you want them to do. You have, if you're going to have an expectation of somebody, you really need to communicate that very, very clearly to them. Because if you don't, you're setting them up to fail. You are literally setting them up to fail. And you're setting yourself up to be upset. Okay? So let's try to go about this in a different way. I want to share with you guys a personal example that I went through this past weekend that I think perfectly explains how we put expectations on other people. And I'm cracking up <laughs> because I'm, I'm kind of going through this real time, but it's easier for me to give you guys personal examples than it is to just talk about in theory, this could happen or what if this happened, blah, blah, blah. So if you listened to my last episode, you will know that I am pretty recently single. And whenever you date for a long period of time, you sort of, it's really common to lose yourself. All right. So now that I am single, I'm teaching myself to re-interact with people. I'm teaching myself how to socialize and I'm forcing myself out into the world. This is kind of the first time in my life that I've ever actively dated so I'm navigating that as well. To me, actively dating is whenever you are going out, you are meeting multiple different people and you are interacting with them on multiple different levels. You know, I'm personally, I'm not having, you know, the same interaction with every single person every single time. It's different depending on who they are and what our connection is, right? But I am dating. I am going out there. I am forcing myself to have these interactions, even though due to my severe social anxiety, sometimes it's really, really uncomfortable, but that's all the more reason to do it so that I can grow, okay? That's where I am. <clears throat> now, with that being said, I do pride myself on my individual morals and ethics, okay? I try to be very emotionally consistent. I try to treat everybody in a very consistent manner. Um, I don't actively try to lie to people. I also try to be really emotionally even-keeled, okay? I... I've had a lot of experiences in my life and these experiences have allowed me to grow to the point where I don't fly off the handle as quickly as I used to. Okay. I don't think that these experiences come by age necessarily. I think they come just from what you go through in your life. This is what you go through. This is your experience. You learn from it. You get wiser, you get stronger every single time you have to pick yourself back up and you grow. You're supposed to grow from the experiences that you have in life. And at this point, I have grown enough to where it's easier for me to sit back and watch versus react immediately. I don't react as quick anymore, thankfully. <laughs> so this weekend, I was in a very unique situation for the first time in my life. And I figured out that I had four different people all expecting to take me home pretty much at the same time. And these are people who are independent of each other. The only common factor they have is me. I'm on different levels of relationships with all of these people. One of them is brand new into my life. One of them I have known for, you know, six years. 
one of them I'm friends with and one of them I had a romantic relationship with at one point. Like it's on all different levels. These are four completely different people. But at one point during the night, I figured out, hey, man, I have three people's hands (laughs) on my back all at the same time. And it hit me that all of these people were expecting to take me home. All right. And I was just sitting there thinking to myself, wow, I wonder if they know just how disappointed they're about to be. (laughs) Because I had my own plans for that night, okay? (laughs) I already knew where I wanted to go, roughly about what time I wanted to get there, who I wanted to talk to when I was there, and I had plans to take somebody else home. (laughs) I also want to point out that none of these people have previously communicated any of their plans to me. They all simultaneously just decided that I was going to go home with them. They had this expectation of me that I was going to go home. And that didn't happen. Every single one of them was disappointed by the end of the night. Okay. One of the people, she was upset with me just at the very beginning of the night, starting at seven, eight o'clock, because I didn't show up to the bar when she wanted me to. Okay. This was something that she did not communicate to me. Didn't tell me anything about showing up at a certain time. All right. So she got upset with me about that. Then she got upset at the fact that multiple different people were hanging out with me when I was there. Okay. She didn't communicate with me that she wanted to be the only person that I showed attention to, which that's probably not going to happen anyways, (laughs) but you didn't communicate that to me. You wanted me to treat you a special sort of way and expected me to read your mind and find that out. I can't do that. Nobody can do that. Just setting yourself up to be upset about it, you know? So that was the second thing. The third got upset because she wanted me to come hang out with her after the club. And again, you did not previously communicate this to me. So she got upset on how that whole thing turned out and the fact that I ended up going home, which had always been my plan. (laughs) So then this person sends me an apology text the next day talking about how, hey, I'm really sorry. My behavior was uncalled for. Uh, I, I just didn't like seeing multiple people hit on you because I respect you more than that. So she's, <laughs> she's trying to tell me that she respects me too much to watch me get hit on, <laughs> which is different. I've never heard it be said like that before. Like, girl, just be honest with yourself. You are jealous. That's what that's called. You're jealous of the fact that you obviously have some sort of feelings for me that led you to have expectations of how you thought I should spend my time, which then led you to be upset and disappointed because I didn't do what you expected me to do. At the end of the text, she tells me, I understand that I fucked up and, you know, take as much time as you want. I understand if it's going to take you a few days, whatever. I will be here when you're ready. Okay. Giving me some sort of indication that she's going to give me time. I read this text and I was like, great. She realizes she's been an asshole. Perfect. No worries. I'm going to respond when I'm ready. All right. The next freaking day, (laughs) 
<laughs> it hasn't even been. It's been like, what, 27 hours since the event occurred, since you made an ass of yourself, okay? Then now she's calling me and texting me repeatedly, saying that the silence is killing her and calling me. Then posting... <laughs> Then posting on Facebook, oh my God, it's another friendship down the toilet. Watch out. I'm really on a roll. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I'm sitting over here from the outside looking in, watching this person just make a complete ass of themselves over a situation that they created. <laughs> Like you are getting so upset over something that you yourself are creating and doing. And it's madness to me. And it's madness that she can blame this on me because I, I'm sitting over here. I got nothing to do with this. I have nothing to do with your feelings or how you wanted me to act. I have nothing to do with that. That's not my responsibility. I, I haven't said anything since we said goodbye that night and I went home. Haven't said anything to her, but yet the situation is continuing to escalate. I don't even have to participate in this <laughs> for it to be a confrontation. This person is, it, they're hyping themselves up because I'm not doing what they want me to do. And they're not communicating what they want me to do. <laughs> do you see the disconnect here? Do you see the madness here? And like I said, I'm a little bit wiser at this point in my life. So I'm just sitting here realizing, wow, this person is acting super immature right now. I'm not going to judge this person. And I don't want anybody to think that I'm trying to call them out or publicly shame them because I'm not. Because you know what? I've acted a fool like this before too. This behavior is foolish, but we all act like this. We have all acted like this. And some of us continue to act like this. So this is not me calling her out or trying to shame her. This is me using a personal real life example to show you guys just how crazy we ourselves act sometimes. Okay. Now, in order to kind of fix this situation, it takes personal accountability. I'll share something with you that actually saved my life about six years ago. I won't get into the whole story behind it because that's a whole episode in itself. But my sister pulled me aside one day and said, Alicia, you are only responsible for yourself and for your actions. You are only responsible for yourself and for your actions. Okay. We're all adults. And I'm strictly talking about adult-to-adult -adult relationships. I'm not talking about the relationship or dynamic between a parent and child because that's a whole episode in itself, all right? But from adult to adult, you are not responsible for anybody else but you, okay? It's not your job to be over here trying to change how this person acts to be more in accordance with how you think they should, okay? This isn't your mind. This, that, listen, that's none of your damn business, Okay. We're all adults here. We are all making our own decisions on how we want to act. You do not have enough time in your day to be that focused and worried on how someone else is acting. If you do, you really need to take another look deep inside and start reanalyzing because you have things that you yourself need to be fixing in your own life. You don't have time to be worrying about what Joe Bob over here needs to be fixing. All right. And it's kind of the same thing with me. 
I am only trying to fix me. I am only trying to be a better person for me. I'm trying to make sure that I'm happy in my day-to-day life. That's my number one concern right now. I believe that that should be everybody's number one concern is making sure that you yourself are happy in your day-to-day life because this is your life. You wake up and go to sleep yourself in your life. This is what you create, all right? What exactly are you going to make it? Are you going to make it miserable or are you going to make it happy? I want my life to be happy. So I'm able to sit here and see how this other person's acting and seeing how they're getting themselves upset. And I know that that's not what I want in my life, all right? I'm not going to judge this person. I've been there. I've done that. If I can help this person grow, I will, but I'm not going to put myself out to do it, okay? My happiness is the most important thing to me. I'm very personally accountable for my happiness levels. And I think that this person needs to be too. This person needs to realize that you are making yourself unhappy right now. I'm literally, I'm not doing anything. All I'm doing is existing and breathing over here. And you can't do anything about that. I mean, you could, but please don't. (laughs) Focus on your own happiness, you know, do something that makes yourself happy. Don't be relying on somebody else to make you happy. Why would you give that much power to another person? You need to be the one to make yourself happy. That is what you are responsible for. It doesn't matter how so-and-so is acting, what she said, what they did, what they said they were going to do, okay? How are you going to react? How are you going to allow that to impact you? Because you have control over that. You really do. We are so caught up as a society in blaming other people and in playing the victim. Well, you made me do this or... I wouldn't have said that if you wouldn't have done this. You know, we're always blaming other people. And it's so easy to do that because it means that you're not responsible or accountable for anything bad that happens to you. Everything bad that happens to you in your life is somebody else's fault or problem. They did this. They did this to me. I'm a victim. Well, you know what? You're not. You are only as much of a victim as you want to be. Okay, because that's the one thing that you can control is how you react. If somebody pisses you off or they don't do something that you wanted them to do, check yourself first before you start getting pissed off at them. Did you communicate clearly what you wanted them to do? Are you having an unfair expectation? Do a self-evaluation. You're not going to be wrong all the time, but you ain't going to be right all the time either. It starts within yourself. And that's why it's necessary for you to manage your expectations because you should want to be happy. You deserve to be happy. And as long as you are trying to control the people around you, you are not going to be happy. Focus on yourself. Do something good for you today. All right. And that one thing today could be trying to catch yourself when you start putting expectations on other people. I promise you, I promise you, if you start managing how much you do that, oh man, it'll be a night and day difference in your life. You will just feel happier without even really trying. You don't even have to put the work into it at that point. You'll just feel it. And that's a positive change that you can make right now. Okay. Learn from my experiences. Learn from my uncomfortable, awkward dating experiences. Learn from this person who is, they, they're, they're my buddy. They're my friend. They're just overreacting right now like we all do, okay? Learn from this. And let's be better. 
because we really, truly are worth the work it takes for us to be happy. We just got to change a few little things here and there. We're already on the right path. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me today. I hope this episode has been helpful and beneficial and you can use some of this in your upcoming week. I really, really thank you so much for joining me. And I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week this week. I'm your host, Alicia Lynn, and I'm so happy to speak to you.